0: Hello and welcome to Cause High Viz, Cause Chamber's Westcast construction podcast. I'm Senior Associate Leighton Moon. Prefabrication and modular building is now one of Australia's fastest growing sectors in building and construction. In March, we saw the Australian Construction Industry Forum announce that Prefab Oz was its latest member. We're lucky today to have one of the directors of Prefab Oz and also a director of Archiblocks. Bill McCorkle, to shine some light on the prefab and modular industry. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for the opportunity. Do you still find there's some resistance in the market to um, modular building? I I know when I first started negotiating deals that owners and financiers were a little bit worried because it was new technology, and there was also perhaps a, um, because of its early days as as low-end build a perception that it wasn't the high quality that, that some owners require, is that still an issue in the market?
1: Uh, it, it is. Uh, we found that in the early years the early adopters would come on to, into the business, really looked at blocks as a as, as a new trend, um, new technology, um, a new form of procurement, um, and they were more interested and more tech savvy, um, obviously with the architectural merits that we had in the business, they were design orientated as well, um, and all the sustainability credentials that they we had and have. That attracted a, a, that attracted a certain type of people. Um, that's definitely shifting um, the precept, The perception, I think, with prefabrication and modular building and architecture has shifted in the last couple of years. It's become a lot more mainstream. Um, it is becoming more mainstream as people seek alternatives to, to current housing procurement. So the module
0: is manufactured off-site. It then comes onto the site and, and is installed. Now, um, I understand it's between you and your client, you will take the risk of that installation, but that's something that you subcontract out, or is that something you do internally?
1: So, we have a number of the installers on site, are ArchiBox employees. Uh, and again, that's lessons learned, um, and also dividing of costs. The more that we can control with our own overheads and costs, then the less we're having to pay other people to, 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 um, um, to have. Um, to pick up, so but we do use specially for special, specially firms to assist in the actual installation because there is a fair high level of expertise when you're dropping into millimeters of space to drop into, um, and not only that, it's the it's the transport of the the, the the building from the facility to site is super important. So it's about minimising any, it's about the minimisation of any damage in the transport is super important. One thing we keep in mind consistently is the quicker we're out of the build site, the more cost-effective for us it is. So we want to really, 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 we really, really work on minimization on site on time. And that's why we've chosen to use the volumetric form of prefabrication within the industry because it allows us to do all the fixtures, all the fittings, all the finishes within the facility. So by the time we get to site, we install the buildings, typically we do six m- modules in a day. A module might be anywhere from three to five and a half metres in width in Victoria, only as wide as five metres in New South Wales, anywhere from 16 to 18 metres in length and four metres in height. So the quicker we're in and the quicker we're out, the better it is for the business, the better it is for the client, the better it is for our programme, the better it is for the quality of the product. So that we find that there's a lot of fairly c- um, compelling reasons to stick with the volumetric form. There's other... Um, um, opportunities for the panelised systems coming into play in Australia that we're very observant of. Um, and again, we would hate, you know, from an industry part of you to not be innovating consistently, not being aware of what other people are doing in the marketplace. But again, the panelised form of manufacturing and prefabrication still require a level of fit-off on site. So again, there's still site time that needs to be invited to. And again, I circle back to that idea the quick we're in, the quicker we're out of site, the more cost-effective it is for us and our clients.
0: So as far as risk in the transport, that is something that, that you would take up until it's delivered on site and, and to the crane and that would then go to the
1: installer? Uh, no, we cover all, well the installer- That's between you and the installer. Yeah, yeah, so spot on. So the installer does cover the costs of, from the facility. So as soon as it exits from the facility to the site, is all, co- all the insurance is covered by the installer and also to dropping the buildings onto site. So as soon as we're, they're placed, then it the covers comes back to cover on us.
0: And as far as the smarts and the intellectual property in the process, there's obviously some smarts in the design, yeah. and the manufacturer. But the installation itself would have a lot of buildability smarts yeah. that you in, you provide to the installer. Is that something that you need to be conscious of to
1: protect? Yeah. So we work collaboratively collaboratively with the installer to ensure that we're both on song on on on, on page with that. Uh, and a really good example of that is. Uh, five years ago, we're using up to 450 tonne cranes to lift our modules in. These days we're using 200, 220 tonne cranes as little, and as little as 120 tonne cranes. And so the cost difference from one to the other is quite significant and the benefit that our clients get as a result is quite significant. As far as
0: access issues to the site because the modules are, as you've just said, very large things um, and we're aware of one building site in the CPB, for example, where the program was blown out because they didn't appreciate the, the permit issues and road closure issues of, of in a city building that, that needed to be taken into account. What are the challenges for a modular build site access that isn't there for a traditional build?
1: Uh, so one in Melbourne in particular is um, the tramways and so lines. A um, second one in um, would be the access through various streets leading up into the actual site. The site itself might have very easy access, but access to the area um, can be difficult. We do a number of projects up in Sydney, and you look at the beachside suburbs like Coogee and Bronte, some of the areas look like they're fantastic to lift from, but actually gaining access to those areas is near impossible. So then you start considering, well, what are the sizes of the modules, Um, and you might just decrease the size of the modules to gain access to that, and obviously that has a knock-on effect of costs because you're having to redesign chassis and redesign procurement and um, re rethink about the building different um, details that go into the, the manufacturing. So there's obviously an ongoing costs or up, up costs with the difficulty of each site.
0: So it sounds like the access issues as, a, as an example is, is where right at the very beginning of the design stage you need to be considering. Site issues more so than a traditional
1: build? 100%. So we do that in schematic design. So from the very get go, we have our transport affiliated company go through and do a a, a route logistics check, um, and that forms part of our checklist prior to us even entering into any DA or town planning requirements. So very early on in the process.
0: And as far as the construction on site itself, I, I thought it might be useful for the listeners to hear a sort of breakdown of the amount of time you spend in the yard, the amount of time you spend installing the amount of time we spend, I suppose, commissioning yep. on site compared to a traditional build?
1: So the um, from, a, from the get-go of contract signing, we typically take a four-week process for procurement um, of all of our different kit of parts. So by the time the first chassis rolls into the facility, within three to four weeks we typically would have a typical building to lock up. Um, and that's given the fact that we have various other manufacturers involved in the, the chain. Uh, and so with all of our just-in-time processes, we have the ability of getting to lock up an extraordinarily quick, quick type, um, period of time. Typically, we spend 12 to 14 weeks for a full build process in the facility. Uh, the installation typically takes one day, and the fit-off, depending on the amount of site works, typically takes a further two weeks.
0: Before we started on air, you were discussing that the majority of your labour is actually in your yard rather than, rather than on site. And that that's had some positive OH&S effects uh, through repetition and familiarity.
1: Yeah, and it's also observance. So given the idea that we do have a lot of eyes on, on the, in the facility, then people are more prone to be smarter at the way they do things and they more proactive with the, the, with the works that they perform and also through repetition. But through repetition, obviously, laziness can creep in. So we're very aware, aware of that as well. So OHS is something that we're very, very fundamentally keen in, in maintaining within key blocks. We have external audits that come in regularly to assess how we're going and there's a constant cycle of improvement within the business and it's one of our big milestones and KPIs for our managers out in the facility to maintain.
0: So what do you foresee the challenges and developments for modular building we, in the uh, short to mid-term?
1: Yeah, so the challenge, challenges in the short term is just more observing what is happening in the broad, in the broader industry. Um, prefabrication within Australia is a, has still taken up only a small percent of the overall construction volume typically in international um, areas and in, industries it's a lot higher but there's for varying reasons why say so for in northern Europe it makes a lot of sense to do a lot of manufacturing into, indoor when you've got inclement weather and cold inclement weather for majority of the year. But in Australia, we've got um, it's a small percentage of the overall marketplace. It is growing, but it's more being aware of the different technologies that are that are emerging, such as the panelised form of prefabrication. In the long term, who knows? You know, we're always we're we're keen innovators in our business, and we've always got a lot of um, um, we've always got our eyes on the ground as to what's happening internationally as well as nationally. With 3D printing, there's houses being constructed in. Europe and also throughout Asia um, with pre- 3D printing, um, I believe that's still more of a, a, a fad than anything else, that it's more of an interest. I believe that there's still a number of years off before that would become a commercial reality, but it, it's definitely an exciting exciting um, trajectory that could occur with 3D printing, but there's always other... Um, Smarts within the industry that we look at locally, and that comes down to the way that we do our processes, th- how lean we can be in the business, and all of our systems that are involved with our form of manufacturing.
0: And in the future, what benefits do you think uh, the modular approach will have for the broader social issues that we discussed earlier on?
1: Yeah, so um, just from a healthy homes environment, the, the more volume that we get through at Archie Blocks, the more opportunity we have to really be decisive in the type of materials, embodied energies. And the life, the life cycles of all the materials of the products that we actually make. So one of the things that ArchiBlocks, you know, we design really nice things. We procure well. We manufacture smart, but we also have the ability of creating really beautiful, sustainable spaces. And that's what we see as a part of the future of the manufacturing. That it gives us the opportunity to really minimize waste and maximize, you know, the comfort of the future occupants.
0: Well, Bill, thank you for your time. And uh, to our listeners, we'll wrap it up there and we'll hope you join us again for the next episode of Cause High Viz. Until then, goodbye. And, of course, this podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.